A few years ago, Grand Rapids native Annie Rewarda was a sophomore at the U of M. Her classes were online because of COVID, and Annie was spending a lot of time on her computer. And I had all this time on my hands, and I found myself reading these Wikipedia articles about things like fictional worms, or like learning exactly exactly how it is that snails reproduce, or I don't know, the early life of like Benjamin Harrison. I was having so much fun reading these goofy articles on Wikipedia that I started screenshotting my favorite pieces of trivia and putting them on social media. She started this Instagram account called The Depths of Wikipedia, showcasing her findings, and it took off. It's at like 1.2 million followers on Instagram and like almost 800,000 on Twitter. And that surprises me, like my little nerdy Wikipedia tidbits. It was surprising that so many people liked them enough to press follow. Annie recently graduated and has taken the project on the road. She tours the country with her Wikipedia-themed comedy act. Today, we dive into the weird world of Wikipedia with Annie Rewarda. This is Stateside. I'm April Baer. If it is not clear to you already, Annie loves Wikipedia. But her attraction to it began way before the success of the Depths of Wikipedia project. I had been a contributor to Wikipedia before. Small things like adding a comma here or adding a source there. But I, um, in the past three years, have gotten a lot more um, into contributing. And I go to some editor conferences. And I'm just a big fan of the site all around. Can I just say how much I love you for being a grammatical editor of Wikipedia? That is a level of word nerdery that I think a lot of us will never, you can only aspire to, really. See, I know that like where you put a comma or like having extra space, I know it's not a big deal. And I promise that I don't actually care very much. But when you're empowered to fix it, it's like, okay, why not? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Uh, Do you know exactly how the things you were posting went viral or like which ones were that were sort of key to people going nuts over this? Well, it started on Instagram and it was rather gradual in the summer of 2020, a few months after I started the account. There was no single lightning rod that people just loved. It just it just built gradually. Mm -hmm. Were you very surprised? Well, yes and no. I I was posting this for an audience. Like I definitely knew that there were anonymous people that were seeing it. So I wasn't, like, shocked that people liked it. That was what I hoped would happen. But I was definitely surprised that such a big audience enjoys it. It's at, like, 1.2 million followers on Instagram and, like, almost 800,000 on Twitter. And that surprises me. Like, my little nerdy Wikipedia tidbits that aren't even necessarily jokes. It was surprising that so many people liked them enough to press follow. Yeah. I have to out myself here. Like when Wikipedia first became a thing, I and other journalists I know were just like, why you can't rely on that. I mean, it could be anybody writing those posts. But I do use it now. I mean, of course, sometimes it's a good idea to check citations, maybe all the time, you know, just to make sure that you're sourcing back the information to, to good and reliable stuff. But I've read that Wikipedia is generally quite accurate, maybe even not less so than traditional encyclopedias. I wonder what your take on that is. Do you think most of the posts that you find can be relied on? Wikipedia is just this collection of human information, and it synthesizes secondary sources. 
And of course, the people that are doing it are anonymous people that you have maybe never met. And you should definitely not put full faith in this project. It's a good place to start for information. It's not a good place to like end your research. I find it to be reliable enough in daily life, but I would I would never cite it in a scientific article. And I hope that the news is is looking further into issues than just Wikipedia. But yeah, like you said, it's the most accessible collection of information that the world has ever had. And studies like more than a decade ago have shown that it contains fewer factual inaccuracies than Encyclopedia Britannica. You know, I, I of course, have my favorites. Uh, a recent a recent post about bear leaders that I think came from your Twitter page was, for obvious reasons, uh, a big hit with me and my my family. I know that because of your heritage, you keep an eye out for weird Michigan stuff on Wikipedia. Are there any Michigan-specific pages that stick out to you? There are a few pages that involve Michigan that I find very charming. One is the Great Michigan Pizza Funeral, when a pizza maker had to bury pizzas that were recalled that he could not sell. Why did he have to? Wait, wait, wait. Why did he have to bury them? I'm pulling up the Wikipedia article right now because I'm not familiar with all the details, but it looks like he (laughs) buried 29,000 frozen cheese and mushroom pizzas in Michigan in 1973 because he had been forced to recall the pizzas by the FDA after tests suggested that there might be botulism. Okay. Greater love hath no man for his pie than that he give it a decent burial. At the end of its run. I understand it was actually for public health reasons, but that's just really nuts. Any any others? I learned about a cryptid called the Michigan Dogman. Oh, yeah. It's this creature. It's a canine-like animal with the torso of a man and a fearsome howl that sounds like a human scream. I'm quoting Wikipedia. And according to legend, it appears on years that end in seven. And I had never heard of this before, despite being a lifelong Michigander. So I'm definitely excited for 2027. The list is long, no doubt. But what would you say are some of the funniest things that you've learned through wiki entries? I was charmed to learn that there is a Hawaii 2. It is a tiny little island in Maine that was purchased by the cards game Cards Against Humanity. I learned that there was a woman in 1970 who had a had lightning strike a tree and it fell on her house. And she was very upset. And in 1970, a lawyer sued God for damages. And God failed to appear in court. And so she won. But I do not think that God overpaid her $100,000. We need to take a break. When we come back, we'll learn more about who the editors behind Wikipedia actually are. There are all sorts of people. And I'm very inspired that people take time out of their busy lives to contribute free information for everyone. Stick around. Support for Michigan Public's stateside podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well-being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. Support for the Stateside Podcast comes from Kalamazoo College, offering a personalized education that combines critical thinking, curiosity, and creativity. Committed to preparing students for meaningful careers that make a positive impact on the world. More at kzoo.edu. Mm-hmm. 
You know, I don't know how many people think about who is actually populating the site with information. All editors have a username. However, they can be quite anonymous. Sometimes they out themselves. Can you share a little bit about some of the people that you've met in editor culture? Yeah, there are some editors that don't even have a username. They just have an IP address. And there are all sorts of people that are doing this. Some of them are librarians. Some of them are retirees who have time on their hands. I have a friend who bikes around um, New York City and he takes photos of infrastructure for Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. Some of them are teenagers. And that's always surprising to me because sometimes these very eloquent and wise and well-spoken people on the Internet, um, when you meet them in real life at some Wikipedia meetup, you'll learn that, hey, they were 17 this whole time. (laughs) I've taken part in edit-a-thons where people get together or, you know, meet online, so to speak, to uh, create or improve subjects on Wikipedia, like women in art history or indigenous people in North American history. How often in your experience is it to run across a page or a general subject area that clearly could use a little help or needs an update? It happens all the time. There's so many articles on Wikipedia. There's 6.6 million in English, and there are 300 different language Wikipedias that not all of them are carefully maintained. And so sometimes you'll come across an article that hasn't been edited in years, and a lot of the information is outdated. Mm-hmm. So that's a good opportunity for people to contribute. Like you said, there are some groups that put together focused edit-a-thons. The Art and Feminism group does great work. There's a group called um, Afro Crowd and Black Lunch Table. And the idea is let's get some people contributing that aren't all white males because right now Wikipedia editors, by people's best estimates, are about 80 percent male. Right. You've written as you've as you've written about your experiences as an editor, you have this you have this one piece that you wrote about the people who update Wikipedia after a famous person dies. And folks have probably noticed this happens with lightning speed. <laughs> can you can you tell us a little bit about what you found and who is it out there who's just ready for, uh, for lack of a better term, the celebrity death watch at all times? One of, one of the best examples of this is when Queen Elizabeth died because there was an alert a few hours before that... Um, sent Wikipedia editors to the talk page to start discussing, okay, how are we going to do this? Because this is going to get a ton of traffic when it eventually happens. And so people chose a photo to use because when a subject dies, you'll often switch to a good archival photo, whereas if someone's alive, you'll use a more recent photo. And so people chose the archival photo. Um, There were people that were sitting there waiting um, who had changed all of the verbs into past tense. And they were just waiting for the um, BBC to announce that she had passed away. And then they pressed publish. And there were like tons of people that did this because there's some there's some bragging rights that go into saying, hey, I was the one that edited Queen Elizabeth's article when she died. Um, but if you are a, if you are an aspiring Wikipedia editor and you think, hey, I know, how will I change uh, verbs into past tense when someone dies? I will tell you that that might not be the most helpful place to be because uh, news topics tend to be highly trafficked and highly viewed. And if you're a beginner, it might be a scary place to start. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I mean, I think it goes without saying on anything online, everyone's a critic. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess the other thing that I think about, I've I've worked on some obituaries before as a journalist, but, you know, that's that's a paid job. 
Why do people do this? What do you think motivates them to want to take so much of their time and put so much care into into their entries? That's the great mystery of Wikipedia. I do this and even I don't know. There's something that feels good about contributing something to the world that a lot of people see. I always feel pride when some of my articles get, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of views in a month. But ultimately, you're pretty anonymous and it's not like you're getting glory and it's you're definitely not getting paid. So I really don't quite know why people keep doing it, but I'm glad they do. And I will say that it's a little bit addicting because once you start editing something about a certain topic, you'll look at the other articles that are similar and you'll think, hey, maybe I should improve this one. And then maybe someone else will come in and make an edit and you'll say, hey, that was my article and I don't really like that edit. So I'm going to tell you in the discussion page why I disagree. And then you find yourself, you know, hours deep into some debate about something really silly, like whether an article should be titled corn or maize. And you're like, how did I get here? Annie, I I have a question that I hope you can answer in, in, in truthfulness. Do you feel like you spend more time writing on wiki pages or writing on the discussion pages about why you wrote things the way you did? I find myself on Wikipedia articles more often, but there are some people who really prefer to get into the weeds and to debate how an article should be. And there are people with very strong opinions. And sometimes it's rather hilarious to me. There was a 40,000 word discussion on whether the I um, in Star Trek Into Darkness whether that should be capitalized or not. 40,000 words. That wasn't me. I don't think I'm quite persnickety enough for that. But there are people out there that will stop at nothing. In your mind, what warrants a Wikipedia page? What, What is the criteria? Or maybe what should be the criteria? Well, there are a lot of guidelines, and it depends a lot on what something is. Ultimately, it really boils down to, is this thing important and does it have other um other articles about it like do we have sources that we can cite that are good and so you'll see um some articles that people try to make like one example that i think is rather funny is um list of jellyfish that have stung notable people and then the other (laughs) article list of uh notable people that have been stung by jellyfish (laughs) And it's like, okay, this has sources it can cite. There's sure there's some news reports of like, whatever, I don't know, some celebrity getting stung on their foot on the beach. But is this important? Probably not. And so that's kind of a judgment call that Wikipedia editors are making. And Wikipedia is on one hand, this like collection of all human knowledge. But on the other hand, it's an arbiter of importance. And so you really can't write an entire encyclopedia article about a rock you found on the street. Unless that rock is notable and has coverage in the media. What if the what has the live experience of of taking the show on the road been like and sort of helping people experience this in a little different way? It's really fun for me because most of the people that come to the show are Wikipedia enthusiasts and they're interested, but not all of them are Wikipedia editors. And so I can show them some funny pieces of trivia and that's great. They might know it, but they often don't know all of the behind the scenes debates and some of the Wikipedia drama. And some of it can be quite funny. And so I think the live experience has been fun because I get to meet these people in real life. But also, I hopefully inspire them to contribute to the site that they love so much. 
And that's the Stateside Podcast for today. I'm April Bear. You can find full Stateside episodes online anytime you need another listen at michiganradio.org. Today's podcast was produced by Rachel Ishikawa. Other producers on our show are Mike Blank, Ronia Kabansag, Mercedes Mejia, and April Van Buren. Our executive producer is Laura Weber-Davis. Music for the pod comes from Blue Dot Sessions. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Rebecca Williams. I'm Lester Graham. We've been working on a big project about Great Lakes birds called the Bird Connection. It will look at ducks and trumpeter swans. Egrets and herons. And piping plovers. Yes! We'll discuss what we've discovered at a Michigan Public Issues and Ale event. Including how some problems for birds are problems for people. It's at Arbor Brewing Company in Ypsilanti the evening of May 21st at 7. You can register at michiganpublic.org.